Hello, fellow law students. Welcome to the next episode of Elder Law Education. Today we have with us Ms. Mala. Uh, uh, she's coming on board with her new book uh, called Kalyana. It is an Indo-Fijian fiction. So I'd uh, request Ms. Mala to give a formal introduction of the guest. Rajni Mela Galavan is an Indo-Fijian Canadian author of two novels, Kalyana and The End of the Dark and Stormy Night. Her first novel, In the Shade of Bougainville Hedge, is forthcoming. Currently, she lives and works in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. We are very excited to uh, invite you, um, welcome you on board. In fact, we both of us, we have read the book, uh, Kalyana, and uh, we have questions to ask. It's going to be more spontaneous. Um, welcome, uh, Rajni. Thank you so much. Um, you know, I find this incredible. This technology has allowed us to be here <laughs> and yeah. do this. Yes. And, um, I'm in Canada, you're in Singapore, and then you're in India, I believe, right? <laughs> That's so, right. So, uh, it's like three different countries all meeting together. I mean, how exciting and awesome is that, right? Yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Oh. Yeah, thank you for having me, you know, uh, on yes, here. I really well. appreciate it. Yes, most welcome. Thank you. Thank you for watching the show. The first question I'd like to ask you is, um, see, uh, there, are, there are different ways of narrating a story, right? Uh, like there are people who write in first person, there are people who, who, who would prefer third person narrative. But your story, because I believe, because I've read it, I feel like it is a story that we have lived through, that is, uh, that has parts of it which are really, really, which have really happened. And you just are narrating it, uh, through your say and also as a hearsay. It's like you saying it, but you've heard it also. Right? Is, is that no. your narrative? <laughs> no, no. It's, um, you know, my first book was The End of the Dark and Stormy Night, and it was lesbian and gay novel. And mm -hmm. I actually had a reviewer say, I am closeted a lesbian, and I will come out one day. Um, mm -hmm. You know, they really believed that it was my story. Um. And then fast forward, and I wrote Kalyana, and people are convinced that this is my story. Um, it's not my story. I, I'm writing, you know, I've been writing since I was little. Since I was in grade three, I would write a short story a day. Um, creating characters is something that I've uh, been complimented on. Mm -hmm. My characters, I think, feel very real to people. And even with my first book, The End of the Dark and Stormy Night, um, I wrote from a male perspective as well. Um, anyways, um, and the main character was Ravi, and he was a writer who was trying to, trying to find his um, mojo, I guess. He was trying to find his way into the writing world. And he was um, not unemployed, but still married. His wife was supporting him. And, you know, I had women come up to me and say, where can we meet Ravi? You must have based him on someone you know. <laughs> you know, introduce that to that closest person that you know that he is. Um, and, and I couldn't. It's like, no, he doesn't really exist. Uh, but they were convinced that I was, uh, you know, that he did. So I think that the characters is one thing that I, 
I don't know what it is. Like, I, I really, I sense the characters when I write about them. So the characters are very real to me. And every feeling, every emotion that they feel, I feel it as I'm writing. So, um, and each and every character, I'm not talking about this one uh, character or the main character, like every character I create, I really feel it. And the negative characters are hard on me because they really shake me up. It's not a feeling that I'm comfortable with. But, you know, I go there. So that's where the characters come. But going back to what you were saying, I did set the story mm -hmm. in 1970s. And I grew up in Fiji at that time. So in that respect, um, Kaliana is not my story, but... Um, I grew up at that time in that era. So I had a transistor radio. I know what it's like to listen to that. I went to the school and the schools were concrete. Um, certain specific things in Kalyana that were from my experience. So mm -hmm. Kalyana's first day in school where, you know, the red stick landing on her behind, right? Because she was afraid of going to school. That actually did happen to me. So that's something. I drew from my experience. But um, so there's specific things that came from my experience. But other than that, um, it's when I'm writing and when I wrote it, I was actually working on another book called A Suitable Maid. Uh, that was my third book I was working on. And I don't know why. It was about finding love. And it's something I've utterly failed in. I mean, I'm, I'm a single parent. That's my oh. second child, and I was single parent my first child, too, you know. And, you know, I'm approaching 50s and still single, really. So it's, it's love is just something that I have failed in. And, you know, so I don't know why I was writing about a finding love, you know. So I didn't really, I don't know why. But, you know, while I was writing this book, and it just, uh, the first sentence is, um, Kalyana is my name. Um, the, you know, the very first sentence is blissful, blessed, uh, the auspicious one. I believe it's something, yeah. something yeah. like that. I, anyways, it wasn't leaving me alone. And I couldn't sleep. And it just kept going in my head. Kaliana is my name. You know, and I was conceived and the salt, um, you know, the salt from the Pacific came in through the window. Like, the way I wrote it in that moment. Those first words kept repeating in my head. So I thought, and I didn't want to start this book. I really wanted to finish. I like finishing something before moving on to the next project. So I wanted to finish it, but it just wouldn't leave me alone. And I couldn't sleep. So eventually I just sat down, and it was written in like six weeks. I couldn't stop writing. And um you know, I wrote from like 8 in the morning to 4, 4 a.m., you know, in the morning. And I would maybe take breaks to eat, but even then. So it just, I was with the characters and I was on that journey nonstop. So that's how I wrote it. Okay. As I read your chapters, you know, Rajni, I was only reminded of the, you know, tradition of, tradition of you know, oral uh, tales, storytelling, you know, we all have, in, especially in the East, right? Mm -hmm. I was reminded often as I read the chapters. 
Um, and those tiny tales you had, yeah. especially on board ship and all that. Uh, I'm sure you did. You hear? I mean, I, uh, I mean, since you answered that way for the first question, I must ask you: Did you hear from your mom? And did you have anyone to check the tiny details of whatever you wanted to write? So that's what I wanted to ask you. Um, yeah, and that's something that's similar to all of these stories. I think there's one point the dad was telling stories to Kalyana about Birbal and Akbar, but my mom was really, um, she actually, I was adopted. Okay. So I was adopted, I was left in Fiji, and my biological family had moved to Canada when I was a baby, so I was left. Um, and so my mom in Fiji, my adoptive mom, that's where I grew up with the culture, with the heritage. And she did, she educated me in everything. So it was from alphabet to times table to, you know, every, she was really responsible for handing down everything to me, including the storytelling. And, um, I, you know, I mean, I like I live in Canada. So in the West, nobody really knew about the Indo-Fijian woman or the culture. And I mean, it's similar to India, but they're still their own unique brand of people, right? Absolutely, yeah. Exactly. So for me to write, like, I think one of the Goodreads reader had commented that I write with intent, and I, she really got it right. So I had a few intentions and objectives when I wrote it. And one of the things uh, that I intended to do was to introduce the Indo-Fijian culture to the Western audience. So that's why I focused on these stories that we grew up with, and it's still going on. They grew up with the same stories. So these stories, uh, the what they eat, how you make coconut oil, which you know I did with my little feet, like that's how you live, especially in the 70s at that time. So uh, that was the culture, and that's what I wanted to focus on. And it was my way to just introduce the Indo-Fijian women to the western world the other thing i wanted to do i i mean i i love religion it's not because i'm religious per se um i believe in god but you know i love religion and sometimes i'm sad because uh, and i study religion my master of arts degree is in the study of religion right mm. so um yeah and i uh, uh, i received a scholarship from the government to you know uh, do research on Indo-Fijian women's religion as well. So anyway, with religion, one thing is that, especially in the West, maybe, they focus on when they're discussing patriarchy and religion. Religion is getting blamed for everything, you know? And I, my perspective is a little bit different when it comes to religion. I've done that in my first book. I probably haven't been kind to religion, but I had to rethink that. Because I went to Fiji and I realized there's a lot of people believe in this. And I need to be sensitive and co compassionate towards their belief, you know. And that was just me growing up from 20s to 30s. So, you know, I started to realize that. I had to be sensitive how I write. <clears throat> so I wanted to do another thing was to focus on the goddesses that were strong. Not goddesses that were... Um, 
you know, under a, a man's uh, rule or whatever, you know, however they portray um, yeah. religion. You know, there's just so many ways to look at the same story. You can even take the Sita story and look at it yeah, true. from the perspective of, you know, her living in this patriarchal society and then eventually following Ram and doing being uh, kidnapped and abandoned and all of this stuff. Or you can look at it and say she was still a strong woman <laughs> to be able to go through all of this stuff <laughs> indeed, and still indeed. stay strong, you know. And, and it's not that I wanted my reader to take from the book. I wanted to empower mm. um, women. <laughs> I just believe in that personally, to be empowered. And um, that's what I wanted to give. Nice. So those were nice. my objectives. Nice. And of course, I wrote it from a feminist viewpoint. Mm -hmm. So yeah. the, uh, you know that perspective was you know narrowed mm -hmm. to that as well. So mm -hmm. I, I, you know, it was a very focused book. So uh, how does the research uh, part work? Because this is um, most of it, like you said, it's more on the emotional side. But there are there are like little bits of history in there. There, there are little bits of like you said, religion in there. There are little bits of feminism in it. How does the research part go? You know, I did a lot of my research with the internet at that time, but I did know all of these stories. Like, it really came from my heart. Now, one place I wish I could do more research. Again, this is based on the Goodreads uh, readers. They didn't, if there's any part of the book that's criticized, let's say, <clears throat> it's uh, I, I didn't give much attention to the coup. So the military coup, you know, but I wrote it in 2011. And in 2011, there really wasn't any information about what the after effects were. And I had left right after the coup. I actually migrated to Canada. So um, I, I didn't have, and you know, back then we didn't have um, video calls like this. <clears throat> you're pretty much, I think a phone call was like 2 or $3. So here's like, to put that into perspective, Canada's minimum wage was about $4.90 per hour. Ooh, and a phone call was $3 per minute to Fiji. That's what you got to remember when you look at that, right? So you have to work a lot of hours yeah. to just make that 10-minute phone call. Oh my so you couldn't do that. So, you know, that disconnect happened, right? I, I yes. didn't know what they really went through after I left. Um, you couldn't really go back or visit because of all the military stuff going on. So, you know, it broke the families apart. So that's what I tried to explore in the Canada section, the disconnect. Mm -hmm. It was really disconnected with what was going on there. Mm -hmm. But my readers have commented that I think they would have really liked more focus on the coup, mm -hmm. the military coup. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just, when I wrote it in 2011, and mm -hmm. he, it wasn't much there at all. I mean, mm -hmm. YouTube was just starting as well. Mm -hmm. So there was no documentaries, there's no research being done on what they went through. So I, I couldn't write that part. Um, and, you know, I mean, I was a single mom back then as well. Uh, so I didn't have the financial luxury. I mean, you know, I was working like two, three jobs right after that. Like, I didn't have financial luxury to go to Fiji 
and mm-hmm. ask people, well, what did you go through? And then the other thing is people don't talk there. They're a very private community, especially the women. Even with my own research now, I realize it's not that easy to ask them to answer questions, even if they're mm-hmm. general questions. They don't want to go on record and say anything. So, you know, I would have loved to, uh, I think it would have been interesting to research that part more mm-hmm. and write it, but I just didn't have the luxury to do that. Mm-hmm. Very That's fascinated that by, you know, your uh, um, description of British India uh, steam, you know, the navigation company, SS Sangola. So, um you res- I'm, I'm sure you researched for it. That's not what I want to ask you. You said uh, those, especially the snake uh, incident. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean... Did you like uh, the snake part or no? Sorry? Did you like the snake part or no? We could relate yes. to it because we both are also from India. I think it's more like... It was in a way funny to... because imagine yeah, yeah. in a ship, no? No, that's not what I was about to ask. I was about to ask you, did you have anyone tell you such a t- tale, uh, this or any other uh, that happened on on ship, on board? Did no. you have it? No, 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 no. It's, uh, you know... When I write, it's really I close my eyes and I ask for the images. Like, I, I, you know, I just ask for images. And You know why I ask images. you this? Uh, because you very often, a few times in a page, you keep saying, uh, mom told me that. Uh, she said, you know, so mm. I was wondering mm, two things. What's necessary? Second thing, if, if uh, you wanted to create a feeling in the reader that you really heard those stories, it, was that it? Um, yeah, it's um, and this, that's the other thing too. Initially, when I wrote the book, Kalyana wasn't a writer because in my first book, Ravi was a writer, right? So I did not want to make Kalyana a writer. And then when I finished the book, it's like, well, who's writing the book? Me? And then I thought, you know, it would be really interesting to just make her the writer and then people will forever be confused <laughs> that it's my story. But, you know, I mean, I really believe fiction should do that. Um, I don't know who said it. Somebody said it. I think um, with the Life of Pi, Jan Martel's book, fiction, somebody said, I don't know who it was, but it's something that stuck with me back in the day. Fiction is, you know, you really have to, make someone believe in the plausibility of it that it really happened that's what creating fiction is and and, yeah and that's what life of pi was it's like this absurd story that you know you almost believe that is possible that it could happen so um you know that's that's what has always driven me to write Mm -hmm. and when i write again i i it's the voice i'm very it's like, it's not my story. It's Kalyana's story. Who is Kalyana? I don't know, you know, but I am sure she exists. You see what I'm saying? So it's her voice. Yeah. And, um, 
everything like it's just the voice i just catch that voice and that's how i create all of the characters mm-hmm. i catch that voice and you know it tells the story in so, some places i was reminded of arkin narayanan have you have you read his works no i haven't at all because some of the tales within your book uh, he, it, they remind him let me let me ask you this how was it to hold your first book in hand sorry first copy first copy of your first book in hand what was your experience was, what was it like i i you know i always wanted to be traditionally published <clears throat> so the first book it kind of um you needed back in the day now it's social media but back then 2003 is when i wrote my first book and then i self published in 2008 um it was actually the second book that i had written the first is still sitting there that i didn't publish at all um but uh anyways uh that one um i had sent it to publishers and they wrote me back and really liked it but they said it wasn't published and i was stubborn i still am so i you know i thought well if i have to pay for an editor then i'm just going to self publish it because i thought that they should pay for the editor but then so you know i decided to self publish it but then i paid for the editor and i realized oh my goodness you really do need an editor before you send it even out to the publisher but at this point it was too late i was already in the self publish route you know so my goal was to become a professional writer and my goal is to i don't just want to write a book and pat myself on the back for it i really take my craft seriously um so i improve <clears throat> you know i study it i do everything i'm really focused when it comes to that i've i've given my life almost to it um not almost i have given my life to it uh so when i held the first book it wasn't like overjoyed because to me i hadn't reached my goal mm-hmm. so when i held kalyana though that was traditionally published by an awesome publisher you know a recognized publisher and uh i would have to say that was uh, you know i felt like i finally accomplished that first step But I'm not going to say that I'm at the top of the ladder. I'm just saying that I accomplished that first step. And mm-hmm. there's still that like mm-hmm. a mountain to climb for me. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. So that's how I feel. Mm-hmm. Like I felt like, you know, that was a little victory for me. Mm-hmm. Um self-published um it was um it, it was a hard road because I had to figure out how to do the cover. <laughs> and then hire people and as a single mom so much money was going into it so i was working 7 days a week to you know and managing my household by myself i would be so tired it's um it was really hard like financially to like be able to fund publishing the first book the editing the cover design and the promotion of it like that cost money too And then um also like unfortunately even if you're self published you cannot send your book to the literary festivals won't recognize it uh, the award seasons don't recognize it so you know it kind of blocks you and stops you so it's self publishing is good but depends on what your goal is 
So if your goal is to do it professionally and grow at it and create an audience who will come back to your work over and over again, then, you know, it's, um, I, 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 maybe self-publishing would still work. Some people have been successful at it. It just really depends. But I think to your question, when I held Kalyana, it was, um, it was very thrilling. Yeah, I would, you know, and, and I love the cover. It was professionally done. What about, so, yeah, uh, that was did you think of uh, seeking literary agents? So, um, in Canada, 80% of the writers don't have literary agents. Okay. So there's not enough to go uh, around. So, I mean, you have to do well in a literary competition per se, or mm -hmm. you have a name of some sort, then may maybe you'll get an agent. Okay. So I think uh, that's the other thing too. If I had a literary agent from the beginning of my career, <clears throat> then I'd be good with it. But at this point, I'm 20 years in, and I have my own contact. You know, I mean, I know these publishers. I've, I really have my own contact. And I, I just, at this point, well, you have to physically mail your work. Oh, you, right? And not just that, you have to buy a writer's digest. There was no internet with this information. <laughs> so you have to buy a writer's digest and then go through it. <laughs> Try to find who like so is it compatible with your work. Yes. And to this person. Mm. And and you know, I had some interest from the agents, but mm. mainly no, it was um uh, you know, I just wasn't successful in getting I was more successful getting replies from publishers themselves. Mm. Even from the first book, they were writing back and forth and loving my characters and interested in publishing even from the first then the agents like the agents they didn't even reply back you know and even now <laughs> i've actually thought you know kalyana's done well actually so i thought maybe now i can get a literary agent but it's the same um <laughs> it's the same so whatever i'm doing there i'm not doing properly but at the same time Maybe I don't really need one because then, you know, you, you really do give 10% of your income to them. And if they're there right from the beginning, hey, if they help build my career, my name, but if I've done everything by myself, um, it, it really depends. But at this point, like, like I'm saying, like, what, what's the point? You know? mm -hmm. so. Yeah. How many drafts do you do for a novel? Uh, do you rewrite and keep rewriting? Do you have better readers? No, I, I, I don't like anyone reading my work when I'm writing them. So my first draft, nobody gets this. <clears throat> and then once I write it, and then, you know, I just work with my editors. So I might have, and these people have been in the business for 40 years. They work for big publishing houses, some are in New York. So it's these editors that um, give me feedback on my work. So that's that's pretty much it. I don't, uh, some of my family members want to read it, but I, I really don't like to have too much people giving, because everyone does have an opinion or, you know, they don't like this or they don't like that. You can't be bogged down with that mm -hmm. sometimes. 
So I just want to ask you about um, how did your editing experience go on? Like, uh, because uh, there is going to be, the is going to tell us, you know, this part has to be removed or you have to rewrite this part a little bit more or, uh, you know, change the context of how this is done or that. How did that feel? Because, uh, because the characters in your mind is already formed and it is, it is, you know, it's, it, it's full. It's, it's, uh, it's a whole thing. So when the editor asks you to change, that might be because you might have ethical, ethical dilemmas because you are from this place and you know that place better than the editor, though they're going to give you a marketing side of a view than the actual story contextual side of a view. So how did that go on? Like, uh, did you, were you, very accepting of their uh, opinions and did you just go with the flow that they were creating or did you have your own, did you take your stance? Okay, um, no, I trust my editors. I definitely trust my editors. There are certain things, like, like I'll give you a specific example. One scene, Kalyana, um, I compared her feelings to a bite of a sensitive plant. Yeah. So in the book, it says poisonous plant. Because when I wrote sensitive plant, and my editors are not of Indian heritage, like they're, um, uh, you know, I mean, they're Canadian and Western, they're U.S., some live in U.S. They didn't know what sensitive plant was. And I tried to describe it, and they wouldn't get it. And, you know, my books are for the Western audience, right? Because I live here. So I have to change it to a poisonous plant. But in my mind, it's like, that was supposed to be sensitive plants. And I know people in Fiji would have understood it. Yeah. But out here, people would have just been confused, right? <laughs> <laughs> I so know. Certain things, uh, certain things. But I, I definitely trust my editor. That's why I work with them. But it was a process to trust them as well. And uh, like with my first book, the publishers have written and said, this is where the book needs to be strengthened. The characters were always there. They were real. Um, but, you know, there are certain things I was doing that was not right with that first book. I didn't, I didn't really think they knew what they were talking about. And I exercised my own will. And I went ahead and <laughs> self-published, right? <laughs> and then the first reviewer, and this is the thing about reviewers, there's reviewers that really build you to be a better writer, and then there's reviewers that cut you down. So the ones that cut you down, I, it's, um, you know, I don't call that reviewers. They're just giving their opinions. Well, and, you know, reviews can be influenced in so many ways, right? Because they're not agreeing with your politics or whatever have you, so they review you harshly. But there are reviewers that are really interested in you becoming a better writer. And these are professional reviewers. So with my first book out, The End of the Dark and Stormy came out. Mm -hmm. And then the it was reviewed professionally. And she said the same things that the publishers said <laughs> when I was submitting it to be published. So at that point, I thought, oh, my God, maybe they were saying the right thing. Maybe I'm missing something here. So her review wasn't putting my work down. Basically, she said there was a lot of talent there, and I just had to hone my skill, and maybe I'll show what's behind the curve, mm -hmm. and I need to work on showing and not selling. Mm -hmm. 
And, um, uh, you know, the theme has to be shown as well and not told. So those that's what I took from the first book. Now, people love the first book. So it's not that they didn't love it. It's just technically um, she was trying to push me to be better at what I was doing. And, you know, that's when I was writing A Suitable Mate, and I was writing it the same style as the other book. So, and then, you know, Kalyana came to my mind. So I pretty much abandoned that third book, The Suitable Mate. And when I wrote Kalyana, I had, I took that review. And I wanted to show everything and be subtle in everything. And I know that it's harder for the general reader to read that because they're not getting all of the information. Like, it's really underneath. <clears throat> like, I've even, um, readers have even said that it's not a feminist book, and it is. Every page is feminism <laughs> because they miss it, right? It's, there's no resistance there. There is. <laughs> it's just, it's a subtle book. You know, it's everything is, and when you read my first book, it's in your face. It's a vulgar book. I was making a statement. Everything was just out there. And in this book, I really wanted to tell a story, but tell it with the subtlety, you know, and that's what I wanted to master more than anything. Um, so I wouldn't say that Kalina's mother was sad. You know, I wanted to show it. So it's her just sitting there lumped over side of the bed, staring at the ceiling or wall for five, ten minutes and is just getting up to do her chores. So, you know, I, I guess to read my books takes a little bit of work and you really have to go underneath the surface to really understand it and get it, right? So, um, anyways, yeah. So the review has really, really um, helped. I think that's what the question was, right? We had, yeah, 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 yeah. It was, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah. So, for my second book, I uh, was looking for an editor that would help me grow in that respect. Another thing that the first, the reviewer had said about my first book when she reviewed was some places was nicely written. Other places it was awkward and the dialogue was not correct, you know. So I took that seriously. So I wanted to pretty much nail the dialogue everywhere. And, you know, that's what I wanted to do. So I, the next, the, uh, I was getting a short story published in the same room. And then I worked with the editor and she was making the same comments about my writing as the reviewer and the publisher did. So from that, I knew that she was probably the editor I needed to work with. And so I, she had never edited any books before that. <clears throat> so she edited mine. Mine was the first. Now that's her full-time job. She, that's what she does. This is, she's worked her way up. She's uh, very pricey now. I have to go back to working seven days a week to afford her at this point, you know. Uh, but she's, um, uh, anyways, uh, she's, 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 you know, she's came into edit Kalyana, and to be honest, does it make me angry when they're changing stuff and giving me suggestions? Of course. <laughs> Do I think they're right? No. <laughs> but, you know, I have to control those emotions and just be open, because I made that mistake with my first book. If I had to listen to the publisher, I don't think I would have had to self-publish mm -hmm. at the end of it. You know, I get it now, and it was just my stubbornness 
me saying, I know better, you know, <laughs> I know this best. <laughs> and it's not, and, but you know, I've also grown up, right? Like my first book, I was 25. Now I'm approaching 50. So, you know, it's also just growing up. Uh, when I did Kalyana, I think I was late 30s or something like that. So it, it's, you know, the maturity was there more and uh, it takes work to not be offended when somebody is criticizing you for something or not crit or critiquing let's say and uh, you know I, like I said I do get hurt and I do have those feelings when they're cutting stuff <laughs> and you know cutting things um, but I do trust them that, that's it and not all editors can be trusted either, right? Like once you find that one, I just, you know, you have to trust them on it. Certain things I fight for, but they're very little things. Like uh, in Kalyana, I think there was a scene where the parents, Manjula and the mom cut her hair, and I made a comment about beetles and, you know, why is she comparing me to bugs? And my editor thought it's such a silly pun, right? <laughs> Take it off. They're like, no, I love it. Like, just yeah. leave it. You know, so little things like that. I, um, I focus on um, mannerisms a lot as well, like what a person's doing. And But to me, like that really what creates the character and becomes real. But a lot of people don't do that anymore, like I notice. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So I, 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 yeah, so I'm thinking, well, am I wrong in doing that? But then on the other mm -hmm. hand, yeah, like people are connecting with the work. Yeah. So, yeah. So it I, helps I, in character building, the mannerisms and all, because each has a mannerism. We all do, every one of us, right? Well, yeah. That's, so, that's good, actually. So mm -hmm. I think, yeah, people have different styles as well. But that's something I can take back and, you know, look at. Um, uh, with the Goodread readers as well commenting they wanted more in the coup mm -hmm. and I thought about it and I'm like you know maybe I ha had to like stay there for a little bit explore what it was like after the coup before moving to Canada maybe it would have worked better you know for a lot of readers right but again um, sometimes like it, it's um, I mean when do you stop working on a book you know, yeah. I mean, working on it as well. And sometimes yeah. you really just have to let it go as well. So. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah. So I think we've come to the, uh, uh, you know, uh, a spot where uh, we can go on to the next segment of the session. The next segment is called World of W's. World of W's is nothing but uh, W questions like what, when, where, and all that. So if a listener could not uh, sit today and their session or did not have the time for that, they could just go down here and you know get a gist of what we've spoken till now. Yeah. Uh so my first question for your world of W's is um when is it is your next book due? Well I finished my third one. Mm -hmm. It's called In the Shade of a Bougainvillea Hedge. It's a magic realism. It's mm -hmm. about a hedge. Um so the hedge is emotions. Uh but it explores uh division between good and evil and death. Mm -hmm. So that's, yeah, it's the subject of death. That's what I'm exploring there. Mm -hmm. And currently I'm working on finishing 
a book on indenture history. I'd like to read your book, uh, Jayanti. Um, oh, yeah, because, because of the indenture history in Singapore, like it would be interesting to read that. Um, mm -hmm. So anyways, um, I won a grant from Canada Council for the Arts and that, you know, that was incredible because that finally it's like Canada's accepted, right? <laughs> Me as a writer, I'm like that was amazing to win, but mm -hmm. that's what I have to work on. That's what the grant is for. Mm -hmm. So initially I wanted to write it on um, from different perspectives, mm -hmm. but there's time limit to that mm -hmm. book, you know? So it has to be done within a certain time, mm -hmm. and I can't explore all of the perspectives. So I'll have to do one perspective, one point of view. So mm -hmm. that's what I'm working on now. But in the shade of a Bougainvillea Hedge, I, I hope, you know, I can find a publisher for it. So. Mm. And it's magic so, realism, so. Oh, uh, I would like to read that because I, I kind of like it. And I she loves magical realism. She's a huge fan of Murakami, so she loves magical realism. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Haruki Murakami. I love his writing. It's magical realism. And I wish to try one in future. So um uh how is it generally? How is it getting published? And being a passionate reader, a writer is one. But getting published is another entirely different thing. How mm -hmm. how was it to uh, to to really get published is it okay. important to get published because you were writing short stories also right and and you were writing uh you have, you have published two novels also so like how is it um short story as i don't publish much um of i've published i think two <clears throat> and so one of the writer actually won the giller this year so she had told me i shouldn't really be publishing all my short stories um, just because, you know, then you can't put it in a book. They have to be not, not published. Mm -hmm. So that's something, you know, I published too. I have books. I just don't focus on publishing the short story, but I've written many of them. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I would like to uh, publish that as a, you know, book one day. Mm -hmm. um, but other than that, uh, publishing was... Uh, you know, it's always a challenge. Even for my third book, it's back to square one, right? Yeah. Um, you yeah. have to look for a publisher again. This is a really cutthroat business. Like it, and I, <laughs> I want to like every book I write. Really, I just I think it's gonna be the last book because you know you you give your all to it, then you have to you know deal with being there, seeing that. <laughs>
you know, that's strange that they didn't even give me a rejection letter. They asked for the whole book and couldn't even tell me no, you know. So I'm going to call them and say, why should you not give me a rejection letter? So I called them, <laughs> called three, and they never got the full manuscript. It had gotten lost in the mail. Are you? Yeah, all oh, three of them. And they were all waiting for it. And they said, we remember Koyana. We really wanted to read all of it. And Second Story Press, you know, I had emailed it to the person that they told me to email it to. And between them asking for the book and me emailing it to them, she had left her job. I don't know what, you know, so it never got to them. So when I called, they said, no, 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 we still want this book. So then I emailed it to them and other publishers as well. And second, and they pretty much accepted it within six weeks. And it was published within like six months or something. So, so yeah, so that, I'm just saying this, just writers out there, if they're sending their work and they, you know, d didn't hear back, please don't get depressed. That's just follow up. That's the rejection. <laughs> Call them. Ask for the agent. rejection mail. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you need an agent, you know, because we're doing it. You must call them and ask for the rejection mail. <laughs> but yeah, it's for the rejection mail. Yeah, but you know, I mean, it's an emotional thing. Like I said, I was depressed <laughs> for a long time, you know, before I even gathered up the courage. After I finished my third book, then I gathered up the courage to, or you know, started the third book. I think, and it was published like pretty much right away. But I'm going through it again where I'm sitting with a third book, it's magic realism. Um, mm -hmm. The audience is not as clear cut anymore because it's about a head. Like, yes. how do you sell it? How do you market? You know, it's about a head, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, um, if it was about a strong woman, yeah, I have that audience already. So we're <laughs> publishing. We cannot be going and hunting for head readers. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, has social media helped you promote your books? I'm new to social media. I think I just started maybe four or five months ago. So, you know, social media wasn't there when Kalyana came out. And I think it's a good thing, but I think for smaller, not smaller writers, you know, okay, you have those, you have those bookstagrammers, right? And they were working closely. They were showcasing your books and all of that that was happening but I think uh, they're working with the bigger publishers too now because I see them showcasing the bigger publishers book showcasing the booker winners or you know the, the winning book so where does that leave the people starting out again right nowhere yeah. and a lot of times you send your book it sits on the bookshelf they haven't read it or you know it collects dust and again you're as an author you're still paying for your book you know, and this is what people don't understand. It's not a free book. You're purchasing those books and then, you know, giving it as a review or whatever have you and mailing um, this out. So, I, you know, they probably just don't understand that part of it. So, it's uh, as an individual author, like, how many times can you do that? And then it's ending up on shelves, you know, <laughs> and not even looked at. Like, it's <laughs> it, it, they, they used to be useful, I think, but I still think social media is useful um, because at least you can uh, take ownership of your own promotion. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's giving you that avenue to make your book visible or make yourself visible. You can have a following, like what you're doing, things like that. But it all takes work, right? It's um, yeah. So it's I think it's still a good thing. It's mm-hmm. there, but like I said, uh, the bigger publishers um are you know catching on to that, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, with your uh, book being published by um, a traditional publisher, like the second book, Kalyana, uh, mm-hmm. what are the roles that the publisher plays and what are the roles that you played? Do you work stop with just you finishing the book and giving it to them or do you have to promote it? Do you have to do the other work or are they taking care of it? Um, it was incredible to publish with a traditional publisher, especially Second Story was really, really good. Mm-hmm. They, um, they did the design the cover. Now, this is a Pacific Island book. So most of those books are actually, the cover usually has sand or Frenchie Penny or hibiscus, you know, like it's that kind of feel. But in West, we didn't have a Pacific Island audience. It's coming up now. Like we've got the focus is on reading more oceanic books or Pacific Island books nowadays. So that definitely would go over now, especially Fiji, you know, books set in Fiji. But when Kalyana was published 2016, that wasn't there. So, but the South Asian books were really loved, right, in the West. So that's the audience that they went for because it's still an Indian story. I mean, not completely, but it's still connected there, right? So the cover... Um, that's why the cover is what it is because it's just marketability. But they do everything, the setting, you know, I absolutely loved it, the layout of the book and everything, uh, the promotion as well. Um, I mean, everything. So it was a lot easier process than self-published. Mm-hmm. Oh, great. So uh, do you have like a magic number? Because some people have like a magic number for their number of words or number of pages. Like they'll have like, uh, if I'm going to write a fiction, I'll write it to my like less than 300 or like, you know, about 400. Or do you have a number like that? And do you think those numbers would work? Well, I think the first book was quite tiny for me. It was 47,000 words. And then the Kalyana, when I initially wrote it, it was about 60,000. But then I had to expand the Canada section um, within two weeks of publishing it. it so I had to work fast. And then it went up to like 80,000. Um, so my next book, I wanted it to be bigger. I wanted it to be like at least 120,000 words. Anyways, it's I think about 55,000 words. It's um, So, you know, I, I don't really wrap myself up around in the word count mm-hmm. anymore. And but the other thing I've noticed is the uh, audience, uh, the readers are changing. They have shorter attention span, right? So I noticed like a lot of books have like the shorter chapters, less words, and they're doing better. But I, I think at the end of the day, a person just needs to tell the story that needs to be told, and not be wrapped around in the word count. You know, if it happens to have twenty thousand words, then that was the story. You don't want to put all, I don't want to put all of these other things just to make the book thicker. Um, but in reality, you know, not really serving any purpose, right, for the story. So, yeah, the word count is really not, uh, you know, just 
the story will determine it. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, uh, I think uh, we can end the episode with the uh, few final notes from you. If you could let us know how you enjoyed this talk or what you felt about us, and also like a few parting words for the aspiring authors out there. Really grow in your craft, you know, like be open to suggestions and really grow. And, and it will hurt, like, it's not an easy process. Um, it is a painful process. You have to leave your, you know what it is? You have to leave your ego at the door when you become a writer. Like really, it's not about yourself and you just, you have to, um, you have to be vulnerable, right? I think you have to just grow in your craft and be open to those suggestions, even though they're hard, right? Initially. <laughs> so I think that's, um, uh, you can't block those. And, um, you know, it's okay to, like, uh, be with your feelings, too. Like, if, like I've quit so many times and then started <laughs> again, right, <laughs> in the 20 years. So it's okay. You quit know, you every to... day. Sorry? <laughs> every day I quit. Every day yeah. I stop writing. <laughs> exactly. Like, that happens, you know. I mean, it is a, it's not an easy, it's not an easy road. Mm-hmm. It's not an easy road. That's the only thing. And I think if you're passionate about writing, then that carries you through it. Yeah, yeah. You put up with uh, everything else. Absolutely. So, uh, and if you could share with us how you like like the episode or how you like this uh, conversation with us. Um. Yeah, it was really. You know, it's. Um. I wish I had read more your work and this is what happens when in different countries you don't it's not as accessible mm-hmm. um so you know but i'm definitely interested in reading more and uh, i'm so happy that yeah. this kind of podcast exists um mm-hmm. so you know thank you for doing such an amazing job and mm-hmm. bringing this to the writers um definitely enjoyed i have to take into account Maybe my magic realism, right? Maybe you you can be the beta reader. Is that what? <laughs> I can be happily. Really? Yeah, because yes. I've read the samples of your um work, and it's you know it was very engaging. So I you know I think I said that to you in the email as well. But yeah, it's just, yeah. it's just read a sample, and you know you've won tons of awards. So congratulations, you know. Thank you. That's that's not there. Writing matters. It matters, <laughs> yes. You know, only and... writing matters. In the yeah. uh, for me, end of the day, the creation stands out. That's about it. I'm I'm nowhere there. I, I just stand back. Yeah, and you know, like I said, I think already, uh, my objective is not just to write a book and pat myself on the back. You know, I really yes. want to grow in my craft. I want yes. to learn and. Um, it takes yeah. time and experience yeah. to get there. It doesn't Craft have to is my nice. strength. Craft is my strength. Yeah. And I edit, uh, you know, cruelly <laughs> my own work. I will edit like like I'm editing my enemies. <laughs> really? See, and that's the thing. I'm impatient. That's where my impatience comes in. And I think maybe that's my lesson. 
because mm-hmm. I'm just impatient. Once I've done the book, it's like, okay, let's publish it now. You know, <laughs> uh, I, I know this part's not working, but I think it's really good. Otherwise, <laughs> so I, I tend to do that. I just need to like be a little back, I think, and um, be yes, a little you should. Yeah. yeah, but it's it's that's hard for me. <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you so much thank you so much thank for you so much for having me yeah thank, thank you. you thank you for it was very enjoyable i didn't mm-hmm. feel nervousness either which you know the promotion is <laughs> not my strong point either so thank you and that goes with you 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 know completely made me feel welcome and comfortable so i so appreciate it thank you thank you thank, thank you so much